0: "'Hurry,' said Barone when we reached her. "'My mother wouldn't let me buy you yesterday, "'and when I asked my father if I could buy you last night, he said no. "'The last knot unraveled, and I pulled the bit of wool free, just as she said, "'He told me that he'd ordered you sold himself because you killed that man on our farm. "'Their farm? "'I'd opened my mouth to speak, but was as dumbstruck as if the gag had still been in place. "'Barone mistook the cause for my wide-eyed stare. "'Don't be afraid.' she said breathlessly, I am sure you didn't mean to do it, and my father won't know I've bought you. That's why I waited for Basras and Georgius to be gone. I am going to hide you. She knew Basarus and Georgias by name. They worked with her father or for him. Baron's father was in league with my abductors, and his daughter, unknown to him, was going to hide me. What could I do but go quietly? Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Everyone is involved with this plot. <laughs> it's like in, in in John Wick where everybody in the world is an assassin, it turns out. Murder on the Orient Express. Every single person on the train. They all did it. <laughs> Your uncle's friend's roommate's boss. They're all in league. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Noelle. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to get you through the wait for Return of the Thief. It's June 28th, 2020. I listened to the audiobook for this chapter because I have the audiobook for some reason on my computer and I was sewing so I wanted to listen to it. And apparently it is Barone, which is a lot better than Baroni to rhyme with macaroni. I have to say. And it does make some more sense. I'm stuck in my old bad ways. So,
1: Barone buys him when Basarus is gone. And she keeps giving Basres's, like next person in command more and more money. And he's like shocked. In the chapter when Barone is arguing with the steward about like, Oh no, this won't cause any problems. What do you mean? Of course he won't be seen by anyone. Sofos narrates, servants, in my experience, always know everything. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Barone, Barone, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around her thought process here, because what she thinks is that a slave on her father's land killed someone and is now being sold, and she is going to buy him back secretly in order to save him from being sold. What makes her think that he is going to be in a better or safer situation if she buys him back and hides him on their estate than whatever might happen to him out in the world? I don't know, maybe she thinks
1: however her family treats slaves is better than it could be in other places?
0: And also, she never checks on him. <sighs> I guess that they they tell her that he ran That's off. That's true. But I think she was
1: very much doing this to come swoop down and be the rescuer and feel good for five minutes and then go back to her own life. So Sophos becomes a field slave. And there's much more in this chapter about slavery and his adjustment to it when he's being hidden temporarily under the house. Uh, he breaks into sealed amphorae to try and find food.
0: Pickled onions, which is not really something I would want to eat straight with my Yuck. hands. Or he can just straight up chug olive oil. <sighs> Sounds healthful. That's that's a Mediterranean diet, yeah. right? And
1: when he gets to um, the barracks, he narrates, The youngest in the room was a y- younger by a year or two than myself. And then I went to go look this up. I knew later, I think it's chapter six, page seventy in the twenty seventeen edition anyway. Um, it says that the youngest slave in the barracks is fourteen. He's either fifteen or sixteen at the most. This is a baby.
0: This is a baby man.
1: Ugh, I'm so glad we get confirmation of someone's age. Somebody's, Somebody's age. age. Thank and then you. We can infer. For once. Because it says in the thief that Sophos was I think maybe several years younger than Jen, or one or two or something. So Jen is at most, like,
0: 18, 19. uh, They're entrusting the running of their governments to essentially children. You can kind of sympathize with their plan for a regent at the end.
1: (laughs) And again in here, in this chapter, he's remembering Eugenides once in
0: a similar position and wishing that I had his pluck to deal with the situation. And these men who are working in the fields... Who aren't all slaves? Some of them are salarymen. Is the word used? And some of them are um, oakloy, which is like um, peasants. But they can leave if they want. I guess is the difference. Yeah. Um, they have all of these ways to entertain themselves and each other, um, and find like meaning in what they're doing. They sit around in the evenings and recite any poetry that they know and so Sophos becomes a really valuable person because he knows a lot of this stuff and um, these guys really value that because they don't have access to all of the plays and the culture and the poetry and so they're, they're relying on whatever people have happened to pick up But Sophos has had this classical education.
1: Yeah, he says, he narrates, I was a treasure to be parceled out slowly, and I savored the experience. So this is like the first situation in his life where he's being genuinely valued by other people. He narrates, After years in Souness's palace, being eyed with disgust by my uncle and my own father and courtier after courtier, I assure you I am unrivaled at pretending not to notice other people's glances. That's in a pretty harsh contrast to, like, this is what he was in before, and this is where he is now. And when he transfers into this new environment, and he uh, can't really lift any shovels of dirt on his first day, he says, I could hardly excuse my performance by telling him of my sheltered childhood as a nephew of the king of Sunnis. All I could do was scowl and wait for his contemptuous comment of the man next to him. He's still very much in this mindset at the beginning of, like, are there people... Will only ever view me with contempt.
0: And they're always going to be evaluating my performance at whatever I'm doing. Yeah.
1: Like he realizes he's getting all this respect, like being in, first in line for the food because
0: uh, they know he's killed people or they think he's killed
1: someone. Yeah, I,
0: I love how he's like, I had to pretend that I actually was someone who had taken the life of another man. And then he thinks, oh, wait, I guess I I did do that. <laughs> Yeah, he's just, I was acting a part for the other man. Like, no, no, no. So if it was, you did
1: kill people. <laughs> Two people. Yeah, and they only thought he killed one Two of them. Person. Twice as dangerous. Yeah. And going back to um, the mix of slave and free men in the barracks, um, it says, One of the men much admired was a slave, and Octo himself, the overseer, was a former slave set in place over free men who worked very comfortably beneath him and Helios was the second in command to Octo and also a slave almost like it's being presented it's like yeah technically he's a slave but like it's fine it's not a big deal he
0: likes it which makes me ill at ease well it's interesting that we get that perspective I just hit my uh, pop filter with my hand because I was gesturing really enthusiastically (laughs) it's interesting that we, we get that sort of attitude in the same chapter where Sophos has a dream where he's evaluating a text and pointing out how biased the author is Mm -hmm. it's filtered through Sophos's eyes yeah because he's he's wrapped up in his own experience
1: yeah and it does say briefly in this chapter like I had been a free man and now I was not and it was kind of like a missing tooth And I know it says later, maybe next chapter, like, you know, one of the reasons he's so calm about all of this is in the whole rest of his life, he was only a disappointment, always wondering, like, okay, when am I going to fail everyone? And now, with no expectations on him, he doesn't have that stress.
0: He already has hit rock bottom.
1: Yeah, so he doesn't have to worry when is he going to hit it anymore. He can't fail anyone else. So... It is good that it's very... It's specified many times that this sort of uh, positive view of slavery is his own opinion. (laughs) You know?
0: Part of what Sophos is learning is that even his self-hatred can be Mm self-absorbed. Maybe he just needs to get over himself. And, like, he still assumes that people who are enslaved should want to be loyal and fight for their barons. Okay, that's fucked and up. So, come on. He's he's he and like he's he's trying to tell people that and they're like, mm, "Really? You think that in your brain?" And, like, he's, 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 he's talking to these guys, and he's like, ah, your baron is responsible for you, and so you should be responsible for your baron. And they're like, you keep saying your baron. Isn't he your baron too? And then Sophos realizes that, like, oh, that applies to me. I'm not going to fight for this guy. <laughs> Maybe uh, he shouldn't expect other people to.
1: Yeah, especially not as, like, you know, he holds that opinion as someone
0: who owned slaves, whose family owned slaves. He's still thinking of himself as even though he's in this situation, he's separate from these people. He thinks of himself as free with just this minor little circumstantial difference. (laughs) Yeah. He's somehow fundamentally different than them, which is obviously not true. Yeah. And he does, he thinks back to when the servants at the villa wouldn't fight for him. And he realizes that was nobody's fault but mine. Yeah. four and also chapter five but next episode we're going to talk about chapter five again because it's quite long so we're going to get uh, more into Sophos's dream tutor next time. Send us your comments, questions, and thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com Be blessed in your endeavors. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur embroidery production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available.